It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for an early start time to the San Jose Sharks at home today. Four o'clock hosting Toronto as the San Jose Sharks finish up the final game of this homestand before they head out onto the road 4-5, looking to snap their 10-game losing streak. To talk all things Sharks, we are now joined by Sheng Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports California. Sheng, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, what's up? Oh, you know, just uh, rolling with the punches that the San Jose Sharks are uh, continually taking here in the 23, now 24 season. The losing streak is once again at double digits. And what are the, like, where do they point to at this point? Because... I do acknowledge that they are playing better. Like their last three losses, I would say they've played better hockey than they were at earlier points of this losing streak. But I don't know if that's enough. I mean, clearly it's like they're not really into the moral victories. I'm sure they can say, yeah, we're doing things better. But I mean, the the game on Tuesday night was one of the most kind of tense and terse post-game sessions from the players we've seen in recent memory where, you know, we had William Eklund giving one-word answers and, you know, David Quinn expounded as usual, but, um, you know, the, you can clearly see that there is, uh, I don't know if gripping is the right term, but they're, they're feeling it. They're feeling the pressure. Well, where to point to? I mean, you point everywhere because when you have two double-digit losing streaks in a season, and we're not even halfway into the season, that means that there's something wrong every night. Um, just for example, uh, the one consistency this season, one consistent good thing has been a goaltending, but mm -hmm. that... That went south in a Detroit game, uh, honestly. Uh, Kakinen gives up a couple of goals that he'd like to have back. You don't give up those couple of goals. That's a win for the Sharks against the Red Wings. Um, obviously, the penalty killing has gone has been uh, poor the entire season. And so everywhere you look, uh, there's there's something wrong. And that's, the I guess, the matter of fact when the team is just not very good in general. But... I will say though that the way they played the last two, the two games in particular against uh, against the Red Wings and the Jets, if they keep that up, um, uh, excluding the first fifteen minutes of the Jets game, because they should have been down three nothing after yeah. the first fifteen minutes, <laughs> and that's uh, Mackenzie Blackwood coming to the rescue there. But if they, if they play uh, like they did for about a hundred minutes of uh, of those one hundred twenty minutes that they played against the Red Wings and the Jets, they'll start to win some games. Uh, but I think that's the challenge though. Um, if if they could play that way every night, uh, the the good sharks from uh, those two games, then they might have a winning record or something. I don't know. They 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 would have a much better record for sure. But um, it's hard to get guys to play that way consistently uh, when the results aren't there, where the wins aren't there, where there's nothing to show them. Hey, uh, you got wins here, you got goals here, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and so that's going to be sort of the I think an ongoing challenge for uh, for uh, for David Quinn for the rest of the season to get the guys to play like that, but for the rest of the season and um, you know whatever the results are. 
In terms of the injuries, because those, to me, are a big factor, let's just start off with the fact that, you know, Nico Sturm, they've not won a game without him in the lineup, and I don't think, I think that this losing streak pretty much coincides with him not being there. Um, but also we're looking at Matt Benning. He's been out for a while, and now his season has come to an end. Um, the Sharks have had the most, you know, man games missed for any team in the NHL up to this year. A, how much of that should we be taking into consideration? And then B, is this just bad luck or do they have to look at some things a little bit differently going into the next year about, um, you know, how they're managing rest, how they're, you know, using their off days? Because, you know, not that, listen, injuries happen. They're a part of sports. But anytime that you are experiencing what I would consider to be an aberration in terms of the amount of injuries, it should be looked at, right? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not like a, a health professional, so I don't know if anything needs to be changed. I mean, I think one thing that's underrated is that they've also had injuries because they've been chasing the play a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you get hurt when you're chasing the play, trying to play defense a lot, I think. And so uh, so a number of these injuries, I think uh, you can uh, have some relationship uh, to that. Uh, just for example, a Nico's injury, right, which is uh, aggravation of a pass injury. But that happened because they were defending the play. Um, and so I think that's, that's, that's one kind of minor reason why, but yeah, of course, injuries, uh, uh, matter. And obviously players like Logan and Matt and Nico are important. Uh, but they're also, I mean, again, the, the team has been so bad by and large, uh, that you can't really say, oh, it's, you know, because it, I mean, how much, how, how, how much of a difference would, would it have made a couple more wins here and there, of course, but not a substantial difference. I, I think this season. And then the other part of this is that, you know, we go back to their last win, which was uh, the middle of December against Winnipeg. And there was the sense of like, ooh, what if they get ahead of the pace? What if they, you know, start pulling into that mid-tier range mm -hmm. in the midst of this rebuild, which may have been wishful thinking by some because I didn't particularly think that was a likely scenario. But, I mean, how much longer can the fans swallow like, yes, this is going to take a while. This is a work in progress that you have to be bad for a while to be good again, to acquire draft picks, to acquire, you know, just more and more cap space. And, you know, I, I think the immediate comparison is that, you know, the Red Wings, when they faced the Red Wings in December, everybody that I talked to from that organization was like, yeah, you know, the seven years out feel like they're coming to an end. And then they really cooled down a bit uh, in the time since they played the Sharks and they beat them more recently, but they're four, six, and oh, in their last 10, they've won their last two, but you know, it, it takes time. Even though the Red Wings have what many consider to be the best GM in the game right now, they're still going through it. This is not something that happens overnight. Yeah, there's no guarantee, right? Look at all the years that we've been uh, sold that, oh, this is going to be Ottawa's year. They've got so many good young players, uh, Brett, uh, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Thomas Shabbat down the line. Oh, we just traded Jacob Chikorin and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's 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 hard to say rebuilds are hard if everyone could do it then then every then, then, you know I, that's just not how things work right everyone does the same thing uh basically everyone tries to rebuild about the same way with high picks and that sort of thing right and if every single team succeeded in that then i mean yeah I, that's just not you just that's just not how, how things work not everyone can succeed at it but obviously teams do succeed at it too. There's the Colorado example. There's the mm. New Jersey example. And that's obviously where you're trying to get to. You don't want to be in a Detroit or Ottawa situation where every year is your year. And, <laughs> but none of the years actually are. And so that's, uh, that's, uh, that comes down to execution. Um, uh, who, who my career drafts, who is his uh, uh, scouting staff drafts, how they develop uh, their prospects. Right. 
And so that comes down to execution. And we're not sure. I think uh, Mike's plan is good, but execution, we have no idea because we don't know what Will Smith will be. We don't know if they can develop a, a fine, a diamond and rough, like a Zadina or a Zetterlin. We don't know if those guys are going to be playoff caliber players or not. Um, but in terms of just the patience of the fan base, um, we also don't know that too, because the Sharks fans have never gone through this long a stretch of of time. Uh, before, of course, this, uh, I think it's 40 years, now it's going to be five years without the playoffs, right? The longest uh, the Sharks had gone out of the playoffs was two years. Yeah. Uh, the, right, the first two years uh, expansion, and they had a couple of years uh, in between that, I think a 95, uh, I'm sorry, 96, 97, that they missed the playoffs, right? And they got right back under Daryl Sutter. Um, and then they missed one year, right, uh, in, the, in, in, uh, in that stretch from 97 to 2019, right? They had a, a couple of one-year absences. So basically 30 years of not missing the playoffs, more or less. And yeah, I so, mean, <laughs> sorry, continue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm just saying we're seeing it now, obviously, with attendance, right? Attendance that, uh, you know, they say it's 10,000, but we can look at it. It's not 10,000 people out there. And that's fine. I'm not saying that the fans won't come back, but there's no. Is it possible the fans won't come back when the Sharks start winning? I mean, it, I don't know. We just we really don't know. We're re in really in uncharted territory here uh, 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 with uh, with the Sharks. But again, though, I do think that the plan that they have now is right. The rebuild is the right plan. Um, I, some fans, the fans were still going and other fans were online. The fans who subscribed. Thank you. This sounds like hockey now. Uh, <laughs> the loyal Sharks fans, right? They, they, I think most of them understand that, that this, this is the, the right path. Uh, but again, execution, uh, are better days really ahead? Uh, we, we won't know until we see how these, uh, how, how these prospects develop. Yeah, I saw something um, on Reddit the other day. They said, I'm selling these bobbleheads to protest the state of the team. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is not, this isn't ineptitude. Like, this is a plan that they're on. Like, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, guys, like this, they, like Mike Greer was very clear in his uh, introductory press conference that like, yeah, we're going to have to take a step back to take a step forward. And, you know, he said, yeah, you can call it a reset or rebuild whoever you want. He's like, we're all, we all know what we're going through when he spoke, I think at the end of last year, um, and that's why I'm amazed that some fans have that reaction that, that this is the result of, um, you know, anything, but kind of a, a very clear cut plan. Like they've taken on bad contracts. They've traded away stars. This is all a, a plan for the future. So I'm always a little bit shocked when I see people having those reactions. Well, I'll speak up for the fans a, a little bit here. Um, the ineptitude, uh, has happened, uh, you know, from some of the bad contracts that are signed before for good reasons, good intention contracts trying to keep the window open, right? Uh, so they're under understandable contract sign, but uh, that's the Sharks are, are paying for that. Yeah. In terms of just the clarity of direction for Mike, I don't know if it was that clear the first press conference. Uh, they still, they wouldn't use the word re rebuild. I know that that sounds like just a reporter bugging them to say a word they don't want to say, but you say that word, then it becomes clear to the fan base exactly what you're doing. And so we weren't sure for a year, oh, what are they going to do with Timo, uh, um, for example? And... Until they actually traded Timo, then we then then that was a clear signal. Okay, this is what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. I, I I get it, and that's it was the right move. But um, for I would say a few months there, I I don't know if, if 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 people were were quite sure exactly what what Mike was doing, and also to insert in terms of some of the execution things, right? Like some of the signings and trades that that he's made, they haven't worked out. Uh, Oscar Lindblom, even I like I like Luke Cunningham as a player, but I think you want more productivity for a guy that's making what he's making. Mm -hmm. um, and so guys like that. So uh, 
I think I think it's 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 tough to expect the fans just to uh just uh you know follow the plan you know trust the process you know and that sort of thing because some of the execution ha- I mean not every not and that's not going to execution isn't going to you're not going to get every move right so I'm not trying to uh uh you know roast Mike for for a couple couple of moves that haven't worked out um but I'm just saying that for the fans I mean boy you know they've 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 gone through a lot the last few years and they you know this is not something that they've ever gone through <laughs> and um and and there is there are reason to there is reason to be upset at uh the past regime obviously and even the the, the current regime there are some some things that aren't aren't exactly aren't that have that not everything has worked out either and so um it's just a time of a lot of discontent, Ted. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, listen. That's... I don't blame anyone in particular for it. I guess. So that's, well, that, that's I mean, when my you're like you it. said, you've got two double-digit losing streaks. I mean, people people are going to be upset, and I don't think that's invalid. I just kind of I found like I always think it's interesting when people say, "Oh, the state of the franchise," and it's like, well, I mean, I don't know. I I thought it was going to be bad. I thought some of the takes on the team being the worst team of the cap era. I was like, I don't know. I mean, you could say that of of a lot of teams and you can't really know until it all works out. Like, just like, right, I don't think right. anybody predicted Boston to have the best regular season ever last year. And I think that it's one of those things where it's like, you got to see how it all plays out. Sure. Um, but you know, I, I do see more and more of people wondering about the Barracuda. Mm-hmm. Do, does any of their results particularly concern you? Or are you just kind of like, you know, that's where development happens and you know, there's different, ways that each franchise is going to view the wins and the losses. I know they'd obviously rather be winning more games, but where do you weigh in on that? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I am digging more into it. I, I actually plan to dig on it uh, in, or more over the next month. I think one of the things that people get, uh, uh, and I I, I, I I get it wrong too, because I, I don't I don't have enough knowledge to answer this question. How good are the Barracuda related to other AHL teams? I really don't know. I don't know the rosters of the AHL, other AHL teams well enough. And so I do think that Sharks slash Barracuda fans get get stuck in there because I don't think they know either because there are very few people that follow the AHL so closely that they have a good sense of how the Barracuda actually stack up mm-hmm. for the talent uh, compared to, to, to other teams. And talent, and not just talent, not just pure like 20 young raw talent or whatever, but also in terms of the veterans, right? AHL veterans and, 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 and uh, do the Barracuda have enough of those? And so I'm going to ask some people that watch the AHL a lot more closely than I do. And I am very curious if they think that um, that uh, John McCarthy and his staff, if, if they think that Barracuda are underachieving. I, 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 I watch them. I'm not so sure because they have a lot of they have a lot of really young guys. And, yeah, um, yeah they have some vets, too. But they're not um, besides maybe a, a Gavanke. I'm not sure if they're, they have any sort of like star vets. Right. I mean, they had uh, uh, Agazino last year, but he's not around anymore. Uh, Carpenter was a guy that they thought might, you know, might be there this year, right, to help out. But obviously, he's uh, he he's been up with the Sharks, mm-hmm. and so they don't have a ton of, uh, uh, um, I think, like star veterans. They have some veterans who are doing good things for them, like Nathan Todd and Cole Castles. I don't I don't want to take away from that, but right. they don't they don't they don't have guys that are a ton of like AHL all-star types. Uh, they had actually a couple more last year, right? And Pouliot and, uh, and Agazino. Just the, I know those guys didn't make the all-star game, but those guys are past AHL all-stars. Um, so anyway, that's something that, that I'm going to dig in, uh, dig in a little bit more. I mean, I think that, I think fans have expectations when they see a roster that says Bordalo and Gushin. Oh, these guys can score goals and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they're winning players, even at the AHL level. I'm not trying to single them out. I'm not saying that they are not. I'm just saying that we don't really know. Um, and so, yeah, that's so that's something that I think is a very good question and that is worth 
worth looking at. But I would say though that for sure though that it's not a given that 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 this Barracuda team that I'm looking at should be somehow like one of the best teams in a conference. And one more, I guess, point I'll make to that too is I remember last year, last year's Barracuda team started off like four and zero or something like that. And people, people were really pumped about it, but again, mm -hmm. small sample sizes, uh, you know, don't fall for that kind of stuff. And that Barracuda team ended up like, maybe they weren't actually that good. Um, you know, so I think it's easy to blame the coaching staff uh, for something like that. But honestly, again, I'm not really sure if, if if uh, this uh, this Cuda team is is that good either, so no, it's I mean it's it's just a fair question that I you know it's it's being brought up more and it makes me curious just to see where you know things are going because like you said, there's a lot of young talent there and uh, yeah, I guess the the other part of that is are you surprised that we have not seen you know more of a Thomas Bordalo this year at the NHL level or even a Shakir Mukmadulin? No. No, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised by that. Um, Bordalo, I know they've been they uh, after the Sharks sent him back down. They they put him back at wing. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder. We're not really sure. The Sharks uh, sent down Sonika yesterday. And they have an empty roster spot, and it's unclear what they're going to do with that at this moment. Uh, we're talking at 10 a.m. <laughs> on January 6th. Uh, we will know by by tonight against the the, the Maple Leafs, but. Um, uh, is is it going to be Bordalo? Is it going to be uh, Couture coming back? And the Bordalo thing is funny because if they call him back and they sense Nika, are they putting him back at center after playing him at wing right. for the last few weeks in uh, in uh, well again the last couple of months, not last few, last couple of months in with the Barracuda? So that that seems a little confusing to me if that is indeed what they do. Um, and, but so no, it's not. But it's not. It's not overall surprising because uh, both. Uh, so in Bordalo's case, uh, he just wasn't cut out the last, the first, at least ten games of the season uh, uh, to be uh, an NHL center at that point. Uh, a guy like Carpenter is is better suited to be your four C, and that's why Carpenter has stayed up. And in terms of being like a a, a three C, which can be a more offensive role than a four C. Mm -hmm. um, Bordalo wasn't quite um, in terms of just his, you know, just his puck management, things like that. Things that have plagued him, I think, his entire NHL uh, or pro career. Uh, they 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 weren't consistent enough at the NHL level. So so I'm not surprised that he's been down. Mukul Dulin, um, Dulin looks really good down there. And yeah. but he plays defense. He plays a position where um, where I think your confidence can go the wrong way. Uh, if you see that red light flashing behind you a lot, and on this Sharks team, uh, there's a good chance that Mukumadulin would see that red light flashing behind him a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and not that's not to blame him directly. I mean, it's against it's a team thing, a team defense thing, right? And so I don't think it's a great environment to have a a, a young defenseman in, uh, especially if um, you know a guy like Thrun, who's up there, is also a young defenseman who actually has been looked quite good the last uh, half dozen games or so I think yeah. uh, last few games or so I think his his play has really stepped up uh but um you know I think I think Thrun is also you have to assess the guy individually and I think I think uh Thrun uh is uh, maybe uh you know Thrun was a captain of his Harvard team maybe a bit more kind of uh, mentally mature to handle some some ups and downs of the NHL uh Thrun actually I thought was struggling uh like maybe 10 games ago uh, you know, some of his puck management was was pretty poor at the beginning of this losing streak. I think, yeah, the beginning of this losing streak was 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 questionable, and I actually thought that he might be a healthy healthy scratch a, a night or two, or even sent down. But then I think he had some other injuries or whatever. But anyway, but but he he has picked himself up from that. Uh, whereas uh, Mukhmadulin, I'm not saying I'm not saying that uh, uh, he is uh, for sure not mentally strong enough, but. 
uh, to me, it's not as clear cut though uh, as it is with Run in terms of just that that maturity that they handle sort of the the downs of 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 the NHL. Um, and so yeah, so no, it doesn't surprise me uh, roundabout way that those guys uh, aren't up with the Sharks right now. Hear the rest of that interview tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. We're out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend. Yogi Yend.